It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. We're talking with Michael Hendricks, Senior Fellow and Director of State and Local Policy at Manhattan Institute, and uh, talking about some new polling out, uh, really focused on this pragmatic, multicultural, metro-majority. Uh, we've talked about housing, and I want to dig in a little bit deeper. You mentioned uh, both the quality of life issues and education, and often uh, for families in those areas, that's, uh, those are a, a tag team that are, are really a high priority. Uh, what are you finding there? We found a significant variation across the country in how people, adults, rate their public schools in a place like Las Vegas or Los Angeles. They got really low marks. Austin, Boston, Dallas, Fort Worth, on the other hand, got pretty good room, pretty good marks. Below 50% saying that they're good schools, but, but still much better than a place like Las Vegas where 44% is poor, very poor. Um, now, really interesting, too, across our survey, uh, poor uh, uh, households and non-white parents much more likely to give public schools lower ratings. If you have a good income and maybe you have access to a good school, you know, unsurprisingly, you give schools a much better rating. Um, a bipartisan majority gave um, immense support for educational reform, more charters, more choice. And if you dig in and say, well, what do parents think about that? Parents have incredibly outside support for choice and charters. This is also something that you see across the board by ethnicity and race. Uh, black respondents much more likely to say, we want to be able to send our kids to the school of our choice and have funding follow them. It's really astonishing just how widespread and broad-based the support is and how much it matches with the kind of concern parents are seeing in their schools and how concerned they are with what's being taught in the classroom. Uh, so, uh, so important there. I want to get to some of the like some of the practical tactical from the political standpoint, from the strategy standpoint. Uh, you mentioned that uh, the this metro majority could could translate into a political momentum for a kind of a shrewd growth oriented type candidate, again, either from the left or the right. And while, as we talked about earlier, the uh, the machine is still the machine for both Democrats and Republicans, Democrats particularly in a lot of these metro areas. Uh, but talk to us just a little bit in terms of what you're seeing or what potential momentum there is for maybe some of these uh, candidates who might kind of transcend that with a, a real growth-oriented uh, focus on these critical issues. Well, look at the really highly salient issues, the things that get people to kind of wake up and say, look – I may not normally pay attention to what happens in my local city council meeting, but I really care about homelessness, or I really care about CRT in the classroom. When you get those highly salient issues, people turn out. Prop B in in Austin, this was a referendum on homeless encampments to ban homeless encampments, and it garnered – you know, this is not really uh, something that enough people have dwelt upon. It got bipartisan support to ban homeless encampments, and the uh, city council, the mayor, completely opposed it. Nevertheless, it won. When, when, you, when people are passionate about an issue, they can turn out. So to those who care about kind of introducing more competition into local politics, I'd say care about those basic issues. 
do the basics. Look at what people are concerned about. Maybe it's homelessness. Maybe it's classroom issues. Maybe it's just, is trash being picked up? Are you dealing with traffic issues? Focus on those basics and get people to really care about it or latch on to what people already care about. And I think you'll be surprised just how many people will be on your side, just how much they can surprise commentators uh, by crossing political and ethnic boundaries. And I think we really just need more people to stand up and say, look, you have the people, you have the support on your side to stand up. And, you know, right now, a lot of the political establishments, they're not listening and we can get them to listen. Yeah. And I think that's uh, one of the important messages is that, uh, again, the leadership of both sides, usually these are not left and right issues. These are those in power against everyone else, uh, especially when you get into the nation's capital and and members of Congress. It is often uh, top bottom versus uh, left and right. Uh, and I think what you're what you're saying, Michael, is so vital in terms of recognizing that, look, the establishment, the party bosses of both sides are really not listening. Uh, I wanted to, to ask you to, to dive in a little bit. So if you look kind of beyond what you're learning uh, through the, the metro areas, do you see this starting to, to trickle out? Do you think uh, that this metro movement could actually impact a, a lot of the national politics moving forward? Well, I think it is undoubtedly true if you look at the latest census data that nearly all of America's population growth over the past decade really comes from our metros while rural areas are shrinking. So undoubtedly, our metros, just the top 50 metros alone, contribute more than uh, half of our uh, population, two-thirds of our economy, and a sizable number of votes. So where the metros go, so goes the country. So these metros will matter, and what the people in these metros think and say will matter to the entire country going forward. You know, I also think that we're seeing these kind of local issues take on national significance. So just look at how much housing is figuring into President Biden's infrastructure proposals. Look at how CRT is becoming a national headline. And look, too, at how crime issues are capturing headlines. So Really, we cannot ignore what is happening in our metros, and we we should not be ignoring what people in these metros are saying. So, yes, I absolutely think that the metro majority will be influencing and shaping the course of this country going forward and undoubtedly the course of those metros and their politics going forward. This is not a partisan issue. This is an America issue. Uh. Michael Hendricks, Senior Fellow and Director of State and Local Policy at the Manhattan Institute. Uh, there's just some fascinating stuff. We'll put this on our social uh, media feeds today, uh, that there is just this fascinating set of data around this pragmatic, multicultural metro majority. Uh, Mike, we'll have you back. We've got to continue this conversation because I, I think you nailed it in terms of these local issues having national impact uh, and having this group that is much more pragmatic, much more multicultural, and really focused on uh, issues that happen uh, right close to home. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Such an important conversation uh, having there with the Manhattan Institute. And again, so often we, we we have to think again. We talk about that a lot on this program. We got to just rethink what things are. And I think uh, what the Manhattan Institute has done in terms of looking uh, at the the urban cores, looking at these multicultural metro majority. And I think there is so much information in there, whether uh, if I were a Democratic strategist or if I was a Republican strategist, I would be looking at this data because it informs, I think, what we often focus on on this show. And that is that the things that really matter, really matter to almost all Americans. And whether they are in 
the metro areas of the United States, whether they are in the more rural, suburban areas of the United States, the things that really matter really matter to everyone. And it is this pragmatic center-left to center-right space, many of whom have disengaged from the political process because they can't stand uh, all the divisive rhetoric on issues they don't care about. They want to know about community. They want to know about self-reliance and upward mobility. They want to talk about compassion uh, and how we move things forward in a significant way. And that's the conversation they're looking for. That's the conversation they're starving for. And we're going to make sure they get it right here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for one last commercial break. Coming back with a little monologue, a few things to think about as we wrap up on a Monday. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.